Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome out to PKP Podcast. Uh, this is a Pokemon anime podcast following the adventures of Ash Ketchum through the series uh, from episode one all the way onwards until where we are here at Advanced Generation number 64, True Blue Swablu. It's been a wild road for the kids on their way to Petalburg Gym. They've encountered all kinds of uh, filler adventures. And today is today is no different. <laughs> we have not arrived at the gym battle yet, and more is the pity. But that doesn't mean there's not fun to be had along the way, so let's get right into it. Uh, we open on an epic rainstorm. Thunder fills the skies, and a bunch of Swablu, that cute blue bird Pokemon with the fluffy wings, they're all huddled in the trees, shaking and cooing together as they wait out the storm. There's a few of their evolved form Alteria also there, and the wind is howling, and then a bolt of lightning attacks. It strikes the tree and sets it ablaze, like, instantly. And also makes the tree fall over instantly, like, this is one- this is Thor right here at work. So, uh, all the Swablu and Alteria flee. There's a falling, flaming tree. They can't stay here. But one little Swablu can't quite get away, and the tree falls on them, and we fade to black. Poor baby. The next morning, uh, the sun is shining, the ground is wet, the background painting is gorgeous, uh, get that animator a raise, uh, and the twerps are lost. May is starting to learn that this is just life with the crew. Don't worry, you'll all get there eventually, you always do, but the road there is gonna be super circuitous. It's gonna be okay, May. Nothing can beat the nonsense that was, uh, Ash, Misty, Brock around the Safari Zone era of their journey. Oh my gosh. But today seems a little worse than usual, like, the level of loss they are is to the point that they can't even retrace their steps. Well done, Brock. Max, you can take over with that Pokenav uh, GPS thing. I don't think we've actually confirmed it's a GPS, but this might be a sign y'all want to be checking it more often, nonetheless. Brock chooses to break for lunch. <laughs> Why, I mean, why not? It, but it's a bit disappointing to the group because, you know, yay food, but they're still going to be lost when the meal is over and they're going to spend the whole break thinking about that. <laughs> At any rate, lunch is served and all the Pokemon come out where most of the team realize that, hey, Lotad evolved. Congratulations, man. Sorry I missed it. Yes, Lotad is a Lombre now. And Lombre notices something off screen. Pikachu jumps down to ask what it is. Torchic joins the discussion. The, the Pokemon are noticing something that none of the humans are aware of, and after a few words together, Pikachu and Torchic run off a few feet into the woods, where they find, under some charred and felled trees, an injured Swablu, the one from the cold open. 
May and Ash have different ideas on how to best approach Swablu and gain its trust. Ash is maybe a little too loud and earnest. Uh, his usual M.O. But in the end, May gets the group put to sleep with a sing attack, so neither approach works. But I love that Ash has so much experience with Sing that he recognizes this attack like the second Swablu opens his mouth, like, EVERYBODY GET DOWN! Not enough to save them, but... Swablu is too injured to flee the scene, much as it tries, so even though it incapacitated the humans, it's still stuck where it is, scared, until Torchic wakes up and explains the situation. That the trainers really just want to help which is the tact they should have taken from the beginning. Torchic pecks May until she wakes up, like, it looks so painful. And I guess Torchic does this a lot, because after her yelps of pain, she doesn't say anything to Torchic, no questions, just immediately like, we won't hurt you, Swablu. Which, clearly, a Pokemon just attacked her while she's sleeping, and she's not even given a verbal rebuke or acting surprised. You're probably safe. She's like, I'll give Swablu some super potion and bandages. Torchic, why don't you wake everyone else up? You're so mean, May. <laughs> but her friend's screams of pain attract the attention of the local park ranger and his Nuzleaf partner. So that's good. And they might need some adult supervision. Uh, May's first aid skills are less than ideal. She basically wraps Swablu in bandages until it's a mummy. The ranger takes them back to base, where Brock can bandage Swablu's wing properly, and Ranger Morita can explain about last night's storm and the fire that hurt and separated a lot of Pokémon from their families, including this Swablu from the flock of Swablu and Alteria that typically migrate through here. The ranger is happy to keep taking care of Swablu until he can reunite it with friends and family, and also give Ash good directions, better directions than the ones they've been following, to Petalburg Gym. The kids, though, have gotten a bit invested in Swablu's drama, so this leaves Ash with a dilemma. Gym battle? Or Pokemon in need, friends being reunited? Truly, the hardest choice of his life. The ranger offers to put them up in the cabin until they get Swablu sorted, which is kind of him. Go Ranger Morita. Again, I'm so impressed that in the Pokemon world, no one takes it for granted or expects it, but the attitude of the culture is just, like, of course I'm gonna help. Like, strangers, particularly traveling Pokemon trainers who are often children, it's like a given that people are going to offer help. Just because they could use it, and they can. Like, what a great world to live in. I, I hope I can be more like that. Now, Swablu is a cute Pokemon, very soft and fluffy wings. Jesse likes it, Meowth likes it, but most importantly, he thinks the boss will like it because Swablu is both a fluffy pillow and can sing him to sleep. And boss needs that because according to Meowth, Butch and Cassidy stress him out. Which, fair. Anyway, May's also taken a shine to Swablu. More than just as part of the group, she stays up late to be by its side, wants to be the one in charge of taking care of it, giving it medicine and the like. Which is a side of May we don't always see, but is definitely there. We've seen her have a caring streak for people and creatures younger or smaller than her, uh, including but not limited to her brother. 
And while she's got, like, crippling self-confidence issues, often acts or phrases things as if she doesn't actually care about things, there are things she's passionate about. And when those things break through, you can't talk her out of a thing. Max tries to tell us about some extreme measures she went to involving a boy at school she had a crush on. And I'm sure Ash is just like, yep, more proof that love equates with psychotic behavior. Guess the Cottony are just best buddies, I don't know. So the gang stays at the cabin for a few days, Ash gets some training in, and May spends every minute with Swablu, handling the bandages, the medicine, food, rubbing salve into the wound, playing with it, and, and really bonding. And finally, that wing is healed. It's a glorious day, the kids rejoice, so does Swablu. It can finally catch up with its flock. But when it tries to fly, it just falls. Did it forget how? Should we have Taylor reminded how to fly? <laughs> that doesn't seem to work either. Swablu seems almost afraid to fly. And that, everyone decides, makes sense. That the accident was traumatic. It might be a while before Swablu works through that. Like, it wants to fly, but its fear is just kind of holding it back. A bit of a mental block. And here Ash comes in as the world's best boy and mental health advocate. Like, then we're gonna take all the time we need to help your friend, May. Like, yes, supporting Swablu as it works through PTSD until it can get back to its family trumps a gym battle. Kids, you heard this right. Ash, you are so good. The kids are gonna try to help Swablu feel comfortable flying again, and Ranger Morita is going to try tracking down the flock. So, Ash and Pikachu are up first, and they are so proud of this plan. <laughs> they make themselves giant fake wings. It looks like they're made out of paper. And they teach Swablu how to play the flying game. You can't see, my fingers are doing air quotes. It's basically running around flapping their fake wings and jumping every so often. And yeah, it's kind of the thing a six-year-old would do, but... If the idea is to make Swablu view flying as a fun game rather than fearful, like, good job, kids. Like, Swablu at least does seem into it, but it doesn't seem to help a ton. In terms of the end result, at least. May's plan is next. She, uh, has Beautifly carry Swablu around on its back, like, give it a ride. Again, Swablu does have fun, positive experiences... Uh, but it has not yet changed the core problem, like Swablu still isn't ready to fly itself. And that's fine, these things take longer than a day to work through. But it's still sad, and the kids stay up late brainstorming what to do. Stay up too late, I'm going to guess. Cause the plan they come up with is fake science. Max, the little genius, <laughs> tries to convince Swablu that bird flight is achieved through magic. As if beautiful eyes silver wind is actually pixie dust, like clap your hands and believe. Look, beautiful eye hit it with poison powder, now Taylor can fly, Swablu, you try next. <laughs> Surprisingly, Brock goes along with this. Like, it's just a white lie to help it believe in itself. I have to ask, how many white lies did you tell Ash? Anyway, Swablu and May have gotten close, so it asks what May thinks. And May doesn't really like this plan, but she tells Swablu, like, 
maybe this is what you need. Like, just try it. See what happens. Believe it or not, it is the push Swablu needs to get over its hurdle. And Swablu struggles, but ultimately does take to the sky. And it's a triumphant moment, broken when Ash and Pikachu run up like, OMG, it worked! We're next! I want to fly! Like, Ash, did you fall asleep during the part where we said this was fake? <laughs> Pikachu immediately backtracks like, yeah, duh, I totally knew that. But this comes at a great time. Uh, Ranger Morita found out where the Swablu flock is, and they can lead baby Swablu right to them. So they're driving along through the forest, but then something attacks their car and blows out the tires. What happened? Was it was it an accident? Did they run over something? Did something uh, very much like a pin missile fly through the breeze? Who knows? Uh, but Swablu claims that we don't need the car. It can fly the rest of the way. It just needs more of that magic powder. Which is the point maybe Max thinks that he needs to stop making plans while staying up past his bedtime. But this stop on the road was just as someone planned, because a hand bursts out of the bushes, a large mechanical hand, and it grabs Swablu. Yes, it's Team Rocket. They blew out the tires with Cacnea. They've taken Swablu. They're gonna do the motto. And Pikachu's about to fry that balloon, but Team Rocket just laughs like, don't forget, Jesse is holding Swablu here in this balloon. We all know your accuracy sucks, Pikachu. And Ash is like, darn it, they've got us there. So May jumps in and reminds Swablu that it can use Sing. Team Rocket flips out at the first few notes of Jigglypuff Round 2, but not for long, because Sing works fast. But uh, Cacnea then has an unfortunate problem, one that probably needs some attention from Nurse Joy. It fires Pin Missile in its sleep. I sure hope that's not a regular thing Cacnea does, poor James, but it absolutely takes down the balloon. And with the Meowth Head balloon, a giant flame ball plummeting towards the earth, Swablu has no choice but to fly, no matter how traumatic this probably is. It doesn't think it can, and May has to come clean and tell it, no, there's no magic powder, you really can fly, you always could. Max apologizes too. His heart was in the right place, but maybe white lies aren't always helpful. May's encouragement, and the sight of the free blue sky amidst the flames, does actually help Swablu to fly. Again, it really has no choice, and this probably feels just like the forest fire, so good on you, Swablu. Well done. We're all very proud and grateful. So with that, the triumphant advanced adventure instrumental song plays, the water Pokemon jump out of their Pokeballs to play Firefighter for the balloon. Uh, we take care of Team Rocket and get them out of here. And then... And we came back to the real business of getting Swablu back to its flock. Which, like, I, I can't even imagine what Swablu thinks about this detour, but it's, it's had a rough day. But with Swablu able to fly and able to catch up to the point where Ranger Morita saw the, the flock last, they can all go and travel to that checkpoint only to find there aren't, there isn't a huge flock of Pokemon here. Did they leave? It's it's very 
unnerving. Swablu looks sad. May looks sad. Everyone looks sad. They're not quite sure what to do. Um, suppose it's back to the drawing board of Morita trying to track down the next stop in the Swablu migration. Uh, but May posits a question to Swablu. Obviously, she wants to help it get back to its flock. But in the meantime, would Swablu like to travel with her as a member of her party? Swablu doesn't get a chance to answer. It it doesn't look upset to be asked. In fact, it actually looks kind of on board with the idea, but before it can answer, it hears the call of its people. It turns around and it looks like a few Swablu and Alteria stayed behind for their missing friend. And now that they've found Swablu, Swablu can go home with its family. And we sort of get a bye-bye Butterfree moment, even though Swablu was never one of May's Pokemon, but she recognizes that all the adventures they could have together, Swablu really would rather be with its with its uh, flock, and it belongs there, and there's so many Pokemon that love it. So she rescinds her offer, and Swablu uh, definitely looks like it's going to miss her, but happily returns with its friends. And so the episode ends. We're all kind of on a bittersweet moment, like it's beautiful. Uh, the friends got reunited. May had a, like a, you know, a good bonding moment with Pokemon, which is so nice because, again, remember, this is the girl who started off uh, the season not much liking Pokemon, being a little bit scared and uncomfortable around them, to being somebody who, like, takes care of them as if they were a member of her family. So it's a nice moment for May, but unfortunately, she does not get a new party member today. It is up to our imaginations to think of the adventures that they could have had together. But that is the episode. Again, the biggest thing out of this one for me is just the reminder that while this is a role, May tends to fill a lot towards the end of the Hoenn season and Battle Frontier. There's even a whole movie about it. It's actually not where she started. And like a lot of things with May... Because she's sharing protagonist duties with Ash, like, a lot of her character development has happened subtly or in the background or in spurts, it feels very sudden sometimes when you're reminded, like, oh yeah, she didn't even want to start her Pokemon when she started this. Like, when you compare her to Misty, who, you know, for all Misty's uh, brash personality, like, Misty always loved to take care of Pokemon and always loved to, quote, mother things. It's funny to remember sometimes that May started from a very different place. I also love uh, this episode for Ash in that we often see uh, the, the bit of push and pull that sometimes exists between Ash and May, both having places that they need to go that are completely separate from the others. Um, May wanting to, you know, travel to towns and do contests, and Ash wanting to travel to completely different towns and do gym battles. And I found that to be fascinating on this season, uh, contrasting to the dynamic with Ash, Misty, and Brock, where it's like, they had goals of their own, but they didn't care so much where they went, so they're happy to let Ash pick the direction, whereas here, Ash has to negotiate sometimes 
what other people want to do and where they want to go. And it's fun to see him learning how to share in that aspect of his life, I guess, um, and uh, seeding his valuable time and his goals and dreams for the sake of being in a location that is more helpful to somebody else. Like, that's very kind. Not that we ever, like, doubted that he wouldn't drop everything to help a Pokemon in need. Just, again, he's definitely shown himself to chafe a little bit when he's not the one in charge calling the shots. So, again, I just kind of love this little moment for Ash. Anyway, that's everything out of the episode today. Um... Thank you so much for listening. If you want to hear more Peekappy podcast, we are on iTunes or whatever Apple Podcasts is calling themselves right now, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. Thank you so much for listening. This has been Peekappy Podcast. Until next time, gotta catch them all. <laughs>